You are now entering Frida's world. Join us as we address various issues facing women of color in the workplace. We'll help you navigate your professional and personal life the Frida way. Whose world is this? It's Frida's world. What's it like? What's it like? Classy and ratchet at the same time. You clash it. Like you love church music, but you f with future. That's clash it. It's Frida's world. Welcome back, everyone, for another episode of Frida's world. I'm not going to say happy Wednesday. I'm not going to say happy hump day because clearly it's Friday. (laughs) So I know that you guys um, probably were wondering what happened to Wednesday's episode. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. This week was a tough week, which is why you had not heard the sweet voice of Rita. (laughs) It was a tough week. Tuesday was really tough for me. I had gotten some really bad news from my job, which then spilled into Wednesday being a day of processing. Yesterday being Thursday was a day of kind of recovery. And now today I'm back, kind of. So I didn't want to let the week go by without having an episode. In fact, I actually wanted to put out the show on Wednesday, but you know, I wanted to take the advice that I've been giving you all to take time to process things in your life. I could have easily just jumped on the mic and dropped an episode, but I needed time for my spirit to recover. My spirit took a really big blow on Tuesday night and then another blow on Wednesday after another call. And I just needed the time to process, the time to think, the time to decompress a little bit. Um, before I got on the mic to talk to you guys. But I thought it was very important for me to get on today because I'm sure many of you are experiencing what I'm experiencing right now. And the lovely part about this show is that I'm never just talking at you. I'm talking with you in a sense. I am literally going through the struggle with you guys. So this is not a show where I'm here to just impart knowledge but we're literally figuring things out together. I am going through the struggle with you guys. And right now, I know that there are many of you who are going through this struggle or are going to be facing this hardship, you know, soon, unfortunately. So today I'm going to talk about, you know, just trying to be positive during this hard time and some of the things that you need to do right now if you find yourself without a job. Um, And I'm also going to share the highlight of my week, which ironically enough, I'm thinking to myself, highlight, is there a highlight this week? You know, but then I had to sit back and think, Rita, you have gone through so much hardships like from birth and this right here is not even comparable to some of the stuff that I've went through that I've that I've overcome and so that saying this too shall pass is a thing but at the end of the day I am also human and my reactions to things you know are sometimes warranted you know I am not an individual who processes emotions and feelings and stress properly. Unfortunately, you know, my upbringing did not provide those tools to me. And it's only now as an adult, I'm trying to figure out how to deal with stress, like how to not internalize things and to actually approach, you know, uh, hard situations the right way and to really 
sit back and reflect on things, right? Really allow myself to feel as I'm going through. A lot of times, I think many of us, we just keep going. We keep going and we keep piling on and we keep building up the tension, the stress, the issues until one day our body just explodes. But learning how to feel as you go through, it's not something that's easy. It's not something that's, you know, that you can just snap your fingers and you do. I mean, I've been going to therapy. I've been in therapy for a little while and I'm still trying to figure out how to tap into my emotions. So it's definitely a struggle, but it's necessary, especially in these times, these hard times that we are currently facing and we're about to face that we don't explode. And I'm trying to figure out how to not explode. So the highlight of my week, because I had to dig deep to find it because I was just like, I don't know. I don't think I have a highlight this week. But the highlight for me is that one, I have good friends. I have, I have a couple highlights, I guess. I have good friends, good family. I can never say enough about my friends and my family. Like these, you know, my friends who've become my family really have just been the my backbone in a sense. Um, you know, when I'm down or when they even sense that I could be down because of news that I've gotten, they're just like, you got this. Don't let this destroy you. My friends are like now so in tune with the way I process things and the way my body process things. They're just like, "Mm -mm, don't let don't let this affect your your health now. Don't let this stress affect your body because you know how you do. And one of my friends in my Bonita Girl chat group, we were talking I think the other day, I think it was like either yesterday it might have been um, or two days ago when I had gotten the news um, about my job. She was just like, we know you. okay? sit back and take a breath. Reflect a little bit before you go into like Rita mode, which is to just start coming up with five million ideas and and already like calling Sally Mae, calling creditors like which I did. (laughs) I did all these things and I'm like, oh my God, you guys know me so well. They're like, yes, we know you well. Um, But just having good friends who are supportive in your corner that can really talk you down. I think that that's really important because some of us, if you're anything like me, we need to be talked down sometimes, like get off that ledge. (laughs) So I'm really grateful for my friends who show up all the time. So that's why I didn't necessarily want to make them the highlight because they show up all the time. They like my true friends. I have people who, you know, were friends. They're not friends anymore um, or they're still around, but they're not necessarily acting like friends. But my true, you know, as you get older, we're not kids anymore where everybody's your friend, right? Oh, that's my friend. That's my friend. When you get older, you have to, I feel like it's important to acknowledge your true friends because if you're just lumping everybody in the bag then you're not giving value to those who actually show up like how do you how are you giving those who actually show up in your life the same credit as those who just dip in and dip out when they feel like it so for me it's really important when I'm talking about my friends that I'm talking about my true friends who are checking in on me and who we do, you know, we check in. Like, if you're the only one checking on that friend, then that's not your friend. <laughs> but those, that, that reciprocal um, exchange of, girl, how you doing? I haven't heard from you in a week. What's really happening here? 
and again, reciprocal, not just one way. So I'm really, really appreciative of my true friends who, I mean, I would say for those who I consider my true friends, we talk, if we don't talk every day in a chat group, at least we're talking at least once every other day. Like these women are these and men, these people in my life are individuals that I speak to on a consistent basis. You make time, you find time. Even if you wake up to a million text messages from the group chat, these are individuals who are in your life, in your business. They know what's going on. Like, you know, so I definitely, you know, um, appreciate that. And that is certainly a highlight for my week. But I think the other highlight is the fact that I am still able to, or it's not just still able, that I still have the desire to still want to think about the next steps, to still want to think about how to move forward, how to push forward, and that I have not decided to check out. So, you know, what I'm going to talk about, you know, involves my news, you know, on Tuesday night, I got the news from my job that they're going to put me on furlough, which in my, to me, essentially means that it, it could end up being, you know, a permanent layoff at some point. So basically, I'm on furlough. I will not be receiving a paycheck for the next two to three months foreseeable, right? Uh, the intention is to bring me back to work, but we don't know if that's going to happen just, just due to the nature of the industry that I had chosen to get into a couple of months ago, which part of me is kicking myself for making that decision. But at the end of the day, you know, nobody could have predicted a situation like the coronavirus. Like we are literally living in the corona apocalypse and this corona situation, the Rona as my friends like to call it. And apparently I heard that that Coco is another, <laughs> is another nickname for this virus um, is literally ruining lives, taking over everything. Like it's not just the health scare part, but the economic crisis that is a result of the coronavirus. And so industries all over, you know, not all industries, but a lot, especially the hospitality, you know, industries have definitely taken a major hit. And unfortunately, that's where I decided to go a couple of months ago was the hospitality industry. Still wondering how that happened, but that's where I ended up getting into doing labor law. Um, and that, you know, nobody is booking rooms for hotels and, you know, bars and restaurants are shut down. So, Imagine, right? Imagine um, that there are many of us in this struggle that have lost their jobs outright. At least I was lucky enough to be furloughed, which means, you know, I can still see the doctor if need be. But I don't I'm not going to be getting a paycheck for the next two to three months. And I don't know what that feels like. I've never not had a source of income, like a real source of income since I was like a teenager. So this is really new to me and it was really hard for me. And I mean, I have a kid and, you know, I have parents, well, my mom, and I have my uncle who's, you know, currently battling stage four cancer, who's in and out the hospital. And it's like, it just doesn't make sense to me how all this is going on. But I still find some desire to move forward and to figure out the next steps. Um, and a lot of people who are met with this hardship are probably not thinking the way I'm thinking. And instead, 
they might be wanting to check out. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there is another surge in suicide because of everything that's going on, because this is something that I've never seen before. And even talking to my uncle, he's not seen this in his lifetime. My aunt hasn't seen it in her lifetime. And it's, it's, it's crazy because, you know, I like a lot of these sci-fi books and movies. Like I'm a Hunger Games. Um, what is a Hunger Games? Um, uh, it's not expert. <laughs> Why do I always, I'm always in a lack of words, but I am a Hunger Games connoisseur. If that's the proper word, I don't know. I basically, I love the Hunger Games. I know all about the Hunger Games and, um, you know, the giver, and uh, that movie that was on Netflix a couple years ago, people were talking about it. What happened to Monday or what about Monday? If you have not seen that movie on Netflix, definitely watch it. I mean, it's a little scary considering it's a little I think it's resembling a little bit about what's going on in our lifetime at this point. But a lot of those like futuristic, like, you know, end of days type movies, I feel like I'm living in one of them. I mean, the streets are complete ghost towns. People are getting fired right from left. Apparently, there's a food shortage that I'm hearing about um, for us in the cities. And so this is about to get real. Like, this is not even the worst. Like, this is crazy. And so, but I still want to move forward. I still want to press forward and I still want to figure it out. I still want to come out on top. And I think that for me, that's a highlight for me because I'm not allowing myself and my friends aren't allowing myself to get into a deep state of depression over this. And so for me, that's my highlight. So as I had stated not too long ago, (laughs) um, I found out on Tuesday that I will not be getting paid for the next two to three months. And I can say that when I heard that, I immediately became emotional. And I'm not an emotional person, meaning that I'm not in these streets crying all over the place for everything. I usually cry at funerals. um, And that tends to be it. (laughs) But I immediately became emotional because I guess it was like a death for me. You know, I have a kid who I need to feed. The kid eats a lot. My boy is 13 and he eats. In fact, yesterday morning, I legitimately saw him pouring a bowl of cereal and was like, yo, why is there much, Why is there so much cereal in this bowl? And he looked at me a little self-conscious because I don't know if he thought I was trying to imply that he's eating too much and he's gaining weight or whatever. But I had to explain to him that, listen, You can't eat cereal like this. We cannot go through a box of cereal every two days in this house anymore. And I did not want to tell him that I, you know, essentially am not working and will not be getting any money because I didn't want him to internalize that either because my son is an empath. But I wanted to put the reality in his head like, listen, this box of cereal might be your last box (laughs) for a while. So you need to preserve it and cherish it like it's going to be your last box for a while. 
Now, of course, I have some boxes of cereal stashed in my closet so that he doesn't find it because at this point, this is how we're living in this house. I'm literally stashing and hiding, you know, drinks and food away from my son because he still doesn't have the concept that we are in a state of emergency and you can't eat like it's your last meal. Um, But it did hurt me to even have to say that because I'm just like, it was never an issue for him to be eating, you know, a box of cereal every every two days, you know, or every three days. But now it is. And it's not fair that he has to feel that, right? I worked really hard to not have to get on, you know, welfare or collect unemployment and do any. Like, I worked really hard for my son to be able to eat two boxes of cereal a week if he wanted to. You know, I went to law school. I, you know, I suffered, I sacrificed so that my kid doesn't have to go through what I went through. Like, I don't want my kid knowing what government cheese tastes like, what the raisins, although the raisins were really good (laughs) in the white box and that oily ass peanut butter in a can. Like, I don't want my son knowing what government food tastes like. I worked too hard for that. But this is the reality that we're in. and. I had to realize as well that I am not the only one going through this. There are a lot of professional women of color going through this same situation. In fact, on the email list that I received of other individuals who were furloughed, I saw I saw a name that I was like, whoa, this woman like she's a boss. How how did she how did she end up making this? And this woman has several, I think she's like five, six kids. So I had to sit back and be grateful that, you know, well, one, I only have one kid, <laughs> but that it's, it's not a, um, a blow to my work ethic in a sense, or my status or who I am that I ended up on like the shorter end of the stick. Um, and I think that that helped me in a sense. It's sad, but it helped me to see that, oh, wow, like they have bosses on this list. OK, so it, I, I don't feel I feel bad, but it just relieves, I guess, a little bit of like the tension for me. But sitting here processing the fact that I'm not going to have money. Anybody who knows me knows that I like to control my scenarios, sometimes too much, which is where the talking Rita down things comes from. <laughs> my friends have to be like, hey, stop with your ideas. Like you need to like, cause I'm, my, my brain is 200 miles a minute. Like I have ADD, like legit. So I'm always like, I don't sit still to the point where it's very tiring and frustrating. But I digress. Um, I think the one thing that I want to share with all of you who are in the struggle right now, you are, you have either been laid off, you're furloughed, and you're wondering, what am I going to do for the next two, three months or more? Because these people don't know what they're doing. On my call, I think yesterday or the day before yesterday about this furlough business, they, they, I don't know if anybody else caught it, but I caught the fact that they said they hope to bring people back, which means I don't even know what my life is going to look like. I could only say two to three months because that's what the letter said, <laughs> but I'm preparing for longer. I'm preparing that I'm not, you know, that I'm not going to go back because that's a very real reality because of the industry, right? The hospitality industry took a huge blow and they're going to continue to be blown out. And 
when all this is said and done, it's going to take a while for them to bring it back and to recover. They're not just going to bring back all the employees like on day one of, of, of the recovery. No, because money was lost. They have to recoup it. And so, you know, unfortunately, I like my, well, you know, my mother said it and I wasn't too happy about, you know, her sense of comforting me. <laughs> she was like, you should have never left the government. You should have never left nonprofit because those friends of yours are working and chilling <laughs> and you're not. And it was not the nice thing to say, but she said it because that's who she is. And I'm used to this. <laughs> but then again, I'm like, you know what? This is true. I probably should have never left, um, but I, w- I was ambitious and I wanted to move up and I wanted to move forward and I wanted to have opportunities, but it is what it is. Hindsight is twenty twenty, right? You don't know until you go through it what was best for you or what could have been, you know, whatever. But I think during this time, um, for those of us who are really in the struggle, there are a lot of support groups out there. This is again why having friends and family who know you and care about you are important. Like my girl, Laura, who I'm shouting out, Laura Jean-Jacques, who is the founder of, I keep messing up the name of this because I know that there's been a couple iterations, <laughs> but she is she is a lot of things, creative, um, she's an activist, uh, belonging arts, thank you, Belong- it just came to me, belonging arts, Um look her up. But Laura Jean-Jacques, she has been a real good support system for me. She has been one of my many rocks because I have a lot of rocks. My girls from the Bonita bubble, my girls from the badass lawyer babes <laughs> chat group, you know, my, my Makome, as I call it, Stephanie, uh, my other Makome, Marley. These women have been rocks in my life. But Laura has you know she checks on me literally every single day and she has put me on to some support groups out there that are assisting people um who are experiencing hardship due to this coronavirus and having people who are resourceful are important for you in this time of need and so you know looking looking for resources tapping into your friends and being honest you know sometimes we don't want to be honest with our friends with what's going on in our lives and we because we just don't want to seem like we're being weak or that we are you know begging or whatever the case is but my true friends know what is going on guys like they were like some like the fir- first people that found out like i immediately like let them know what was going on because it's important that my friends know what I'm going through so that, you know, they can be either of assistance, whether it be in positive words um, or even resources. If I need, I know that I will be able to tap into them. Um, but finding being able to find these resources and being able to connect to these resources is very important. Um, taking initiative and taking action. Now, I might have taken action earlier than some people would because I literally did not take a, a day to process. As soon as I found out, I was calling Sally Mae and her cousins, Naviant and them. I was calling T-Mobile. I was calling Verizon. I called all of my service providers and I was going through my credit card statements to make, you know, to see what are the non-essential things that I can cut out 
these subscriptions. I, I saw that I was still paying for stars every month, even though power was long gone. So going through and canceling, like I think I had a shoe dazzle account that I wasn't even using really, but they were taking money from my account. I had to cut that off. I, you know, so taking action, like, yes, take as much time as you need in a sense to, you know, process the, the shock and the trauma because it is shock and it is traumatic to find out that you will not have a income for the next couple of months. Um, it's traumatic when you know you have mouths to feed and right now it's okay. You filled your house up, but what's going to happen in 30 days when the food depletes and you need to stock up again? Like, you know, these things are, or what if an emergency happens and you're just like crap? So these things, I mean, it's shocking. So, you know, let's not minimize that. You know, people lose their jobs all the time. Yeah. But have you ever lost your job before? You know, I find that people like, you know, people are very interesting when they're like encouraging, right? In air quotes. Um, Yeah. You know, well, you and everybody else. Okay, that's cool. But I've never lost a job before. So this is traumatic for me. So I need to process, right? Like that's that's kind of where we're at right now. You know, you have to you have to understand and you have to go through your process and deal with it however you deal with it. I deal with things differently and I'm probably not dealing with it the way that I need to, but I acknowledge that and I'm trying to figure it out. And my friends know that about me, so they're also helping me out. Um but taking action when you can't but more so earlier Um, The sooner the better is really where I want to go with that. Because some of us, like for my T-Mobile bill, right? You want to catch these these bills before they mature in your account. Like if I did not act when I did, I would have been charged like for one, like one of the major, major loan bills that I have that comes out of my account every month, like a couple hundred dollars. That one was going to be uh, posted the next day, literally. So had I not called them immediately, although I had just gotten the news and I was in shock, I called that company immediately and let them know what was going on. They were able to stop payment of that bill that was going to be taking money out of my account the following day. And they were able to put me on a 60 day hold. So that's what I mean about, yes, we do need to take the time to process, but some of these bills can't wait because they're about to mature and they're about to post. So you want to call your service provider. So what I did was I called my cell phone provider. Now I know a lot of you are thinking, listen, the courts are closed. There's already, you know, mandates for creditors to not come after you and all this other stuff. That's nice. But for me, it's about keeping and maintaining relationships because there is going to be a time where this thing is going to pass. It will. And these are still going to be your service providers. I'm not, I mean, loyalty, you know, can only go so far, but I want to be able to build on the relationships that I've had. I've been with some of these companies for years. They've been my service providers for years. And so I've developed a bit of a relationship, a positive payment history with them. So I called T-Mobile and I was like, listen, this is what's going on with me. I am not gonna have a paycheck. What can you do for me? Because I don't want to be delinquent. I don't want to just you know, you not you you haven't heard from me and you just didn't get a bill from me or a payment from me either. I don't want to be silent. I don't want to be, you know, getting 
cut off notices because they will cut you off. Even in a crisis, they will cut you off. I need my phone to be on. And so when I explained to them my situation and was like, listen, what can be done? I don't want to be delinquent. I want to be I want to be compliant. But you guys are going to have to help me. Is there a way that you could help me? There was. And they were able to put my account on a 60 day hold. So for 60 days, I will not be I will not need to make a payment. And I'm sure well, I'm hoping at least that if that 60 days comes up and I'm still in a bad situation, that maybe we could work out a payment plan. Why? Because I came to them first. It doesn't hurt to come to them first. Now, if they were to be like, nah, we are we can't do nothing for you. Then it would have been like, well, F you then we're taking this off of auto payment. (laughs) (laughs) And I will go get, you know, there's no more Obama phones, but I would have found something. Maybe Cricket Wireless is giving $5 phones. I don't know. I would have had to do something, right? But they worked with me. Same thing with, you know, Sally Mae and Cousins. They were able to work. You know, some of us are eligible for forbearances for up to a year. Some even 36 months. Call your loan provider and see what can be done. The other thing I did was, you know, I started looking for all the non-essential things that I have, like cable. I was supposed to cut the cable a long time ago, but it was laziness. And Verizon um, Verizon Fios makes it very difficult. They make it very inconvenient for you to cancel anything. I will say out of all of the companies, Verizon uh, Fios is the worst. I called them again, let them know my situation, letting them know again, I don't want to be delinquent. But at the end of the day, I don't watch cable and I, I there's no need for my house phone anymore because I'm going to be home and my kid is home. Can, you know, I need to, you know, can I cancel those? But I still need the Internet. How does this work? These people were like, oh, well, it's going to be an $80 um, early cancellation fee plus the prorated, you know, time that you've used. I'm like, well, what about canceling? Oh, okay, let's see what we could do about that. Um, Let's see about just keeping, let's think, you know, let's see about keeping, let's see if we could just keep the internet portion without, you know, activating the early termination. They come back to me and they're like, oh, well, your internet bill is going to be $102 or 103 or whatever. I was just like, thank you and good night. So then again, because I have good friends, they informed me that Spectrum was giving away free internet for uh, parents of um, kids who K through 12. So Spectrum doesn't service my neighborhood, but apparently Optimum does. So then I was able to call Optimum um, and figure it out. And so taking again, taking action understanding that we are in dire times right now and that we need to go back to basics. We need to go to the bare essentials, right? So the subscriptions that we have, cancel them. You don't need them, right? Even if you are still gainfully employed, this is we don't know if that's going to be the case next week or in two or in a month, right? So cancel those subscriptions that you don't need. Uh, cancel the cable. Most of us are streaming anyways. Cancel the cable. Um, and just taking a real, uh, accounting of your, your bills and, and, and your expenses. Uber was a big expense for me. Now that I'm paranoid and I'm in my house, <laughs> I'm literally, if I'm leaving my house to go anywhere, I'm trying to walk. I mean, I, I did, you know, take an Uber, um, uh, the other day or whatever the case is, but meaning 
unless I really need to, I'm not leaving my house, period. So I'm not taking public transportation. That's a fact. But if I need to get somewhere serious at that point, yes, Uber is activated. But I'm not in these streets rolling around in Uber like I was before. And Uber was a major bill for me. So, you know, I'm just trying to do the best that I can right now to preserve every dollar that I have, calling my credit card companies and letting them know, listen, you might not get a payment this month and next month because of X, Y, and Z, as opposed to being delinquent. Um, I think that that goes a long way. I think that at the end of the day, there is a larger understanding that this coronavirus thing is crazy. It's impacting lives. People are losing jobs. People are not able to make payments. Um, Like it's really serious. And I think that there is an understanding of that, at least for everyone else but Verizon, uh, Fios. Um, And I think that if you just have the honest conversation with, you know, your landlords, hopefully the landlords, you know, will understand um, and your service providers and whatnot. And, you know, maybe you owe some people. I don't know. Figure it out. Have the honest conversations. I think at this point, transparency is really the best policy um, to figure all of this out and just to be very vigilant and prudent um, with everything that's going on right now. I think it's really important for us to be in high spirits as hard as that is. And I'm telling you this from personal experience. Sometimes high spirits is not in my vocabulary. <laughs> uh, it's easy to get, you know, bogged down with the the drama that's happening in our lives. It's easy to be defeated, to feel defeated. It's easy to really just be like, what am I going to do? Um, but as long as you have that mustard seed faith, right? As long as you understand that you can't park the car, this is a no parking zone, right? You cannot just park and let it, let it be it. You have to make a decision to take hold of like all of the good things that are going on in your life right now and figuring out how to press forward. You have to sit back and reflect like, although, although all of this crap is going on, you know, what, where's the good? What good has happened so far? Um, and really take stock of that and not allow yourself to just park. I think that that's really the most important thing for me to even just, you know, just not allow myself to just park. And not parking is not, a, you know, equatable to sitting back and, and reflecting, right? Like, I think that being reflective is an active is a, is active, right? Is being active. It's an action as opposed to parking. You're being stagnant. You're not doing anything, and you're just kind of giving up. I think it is important to be reflective. And you know, yesterday I was in the group uh, group text with two of my my girls. Another again, more supports than my my girl Yamika and Tayer, who are like my professional gurus, right? Who are really there for me. Uh, and we really try to be there for each other and support each other. And, you know, I was talking, you know, I sent them the message like, listen, guys, I, I'm out of work. If you guys know of anything, hear of anything, let me know. And then my one girl was like, you know what, you should, you know, maybe you should think about starting your own practice now. And I was like, yeah, you know what, I'll do some research. I'll do this, I'll do that. But then my girl Tayer was like, listen, stress has been a big factor trigger for you for a while now. Maybe this is your time to sit back, reflect, think and take this time as a gift. And when she said that, I was like, you know what? 
I think she's right. Because ironically enough, for the last couple of months, I've been saying, man, I wish I could just take a month leave. You know, I was hoping it would be a paid leave, but a month leave to just reflect and think. I just need space to think. And if I have that space to think, I can come up with something good. And maybe this is, you know, the time. Maybe this is the space for me to do what I've been asking for, right? Again, this is not how I wanted it to happen, you know, with no money. But I feel like, you know, if you have hope, even if it's a little bit of hope, and if you have faith, even if it's a little bit of faith, and you believe in God, Allah, um, I think that, you know, that faith and that hope, as small as it is, can sustain you. I truly believe that. Um, of course, we want to be able to build on it and expand it and grow it as much as possible. But, you know, I read somewhere that if he guides you, he'll provide for you. And I thought that that was so powerful. Like if God is guiding me here, then he's going to provide for me. He's not going to let me fall. He's not going to let me wither. He's not going to let me fail if this is where he's bringing me. And so with that being said, I want to leave you guys with that, that if he if he guides you, he's going to provide for you. And I know it's hard to imagine that right now. And again, raising my hand, I am number one (laughs) critic, skeptic. It's hard for me, even as a Christian, to remain hopeful and faithful at all times. Like I I am always operating on like a mustard seed faith, mustard seed hope, because it's just hard sometimes to, to look past your current situation. It's hard to look past what is currently in your face. But I have lived my life in a way to know that God is real, God is good, and that even though I don't understand what's going on right now. And although it's, you know, my body is literally on fire, like stress is a trigger for me. And like, I'm like, the inflammation is real, (laughs) which is why I'm paranoid to leave my house. But I know that, you know, something has to come out of it. And sometimes, again, why you need your friends and family. Sometimes your friends and family have to be there to keep that encouragement up because I can be all encouraged today and I could be all hopeful today and tomorrow I'm back down into some sort of depression or I just feel as if, man, maybe I can't do this anymore. Maybe I can't make it anymore. Maybe I was kidding myself to think that I'd be able to overcome But that's where that support from your friends and family who are also grounded in some sort of faith is important for them to be like, no, girl, you got this. Remember that time that that happened to you and you overcame? This is nothing. And we're here for you if you need a box of cereal. (laughs) So I really hope that with these trying times that you guys really just reflect on the good that's happened and the good that could come out of this. Maybe this is the time for you to sit down finally and spend time with your family. Me and my son haven't seen this much of each other in God knows how long. And we live in the same damn house. 
my cat hasn't gotten this much attention from me ever since like the day he came home. So this could be a blessing in disguise for a lot of us who were not spending times with our family, who were not able to create and carve out that time for yourselves. Maybe this is a blessing in disguise for a lot of us. So if that's what it is, take it. Uh, but take it, but also be a little proactive. Maybe this is time to think about the next step. Maybe that job that laid you off was probably not the job for you anyways, but now you have some time to figure out what you can do either for yourself or what industry might be best for you. I know for me, I need to find an industry that has remote work available (laughs) because if something like this ever happens again, I never want to be in this situation again. So I definitely will be continuing the podcast every week as I have time now on my hands. But I encourage you guys to continue the fight, to continue the, you know, continue being amazing um, and continue following me <laughs> and to go on to our website. You know, I'm going to do the selfish plug, which is not so so selfish, but go on to the website, www.fridasworld.com. Again, as I have time, I'm pretty sure there will be a lot more emails coming your way, a lot more resources, and hopefully some new ideas that I can come up with. Um, You know, make sure that you subscribe to us on your, uh, I guess, forum of choice. We're everywhere. iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, etc. And follow us on IG, Again, I got time on my hands. I will be up in the comments. I'll be posting a lot more. And so definitely join in on the, you know, Instagram community. So follow us at Frida's World, F-R-E-E-D-A-S underscore world. And the Facebook group that I created, uh, Frida's World, the after show that has not gotten a lot of play will probably get some play now. So if you are a Facebook head and not so much an Instagram head, Follow us, uh, Frida's World, on in, on Facebook and join in on the discussion. So with that being said, everyone, enjoy your weekend and keep your heads up and let's continue this fight. It's Frida's World. Classy and ratchet at the same time. You clash it. Like you love church music, but you f*** with future. That's clash it. It's Frida's World.